another lovely Sunday night instead of a Monday Sammy. Yeah, it's beautiful outside as well. It is, really. It does not feel like June at all. Uh-uh. You know? It's apparently supposed to this week. It's times like this that I'm reminded of the great words of Joey. Okay. I don't care about history. Rock, rock, rock and roll high school. Because that's not where I want to be. Rock, rock, rock and roll high school. Let's start the show. Tag teams again. Hello and welcome to the Drunkard United football show. A completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me is the anarchist, Samuel Graham. Sammy, how you doing? Uh, doing pretty well. Ready to start some shit and drink some booze. Heard. Ooh, that was a little hot. Ooh. Apparently, yeah. I got him excited. Yeah, I popped the, popped the mic on that one, didn't I? Ooh. And the producer playing with her island game, so hence she didn't catch me doing it. Um, we are recording at Studio H, just outside our nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review. And should you want to chat with us, there's many ways that you can. Sammy, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Of course. As always on the social medias, we are at DU Football Show. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And then DU Football Show at gmail.com if you want to get in touch via email. And please do. If you want to do any questions uh, about booze, about football, about anything, just you know, want to know what we're having for lunch, uh, hit us up. Uh, got a few new uh, followers on Twitter. I yeah. made sure to immediately private message. Just say, hey, thanks for checking us out. Thanks for listening to the show. You got any questions? We are available. I saw one of them was a Newcastle girl as well. Uh, <laughs> yep, that's, absolutely. That's checking out. That's absolutely. pretty cool. Um, thanks, Alan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Allen effect already paying dividends. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Sam and myself work, both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for distilled spirit. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every show. Sam, what are we sipping on today? Got a doozy for you. A uh, brand new category uh, for us for the show, uh, Mezcal. Um, we've got Ray Campero uh, Mezcal, uh, which is a Hoven uh, Mezcal. Uh, the type is uh, going to be Tepestate, um, which most of you may be familiar with the Espadine style of, teque- of uh, tequila. I, did, oh, I swore I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> of uh, Mezcal, um, which is probably the most common that you would get here in the States. Definitely the most affordable that you would get here in the States um, is Mezcal made from Espadine. Um, it's all essentially the, the same kind of overall style. However... Um, different types of agave, as you're used to in tequila, which uses Blue Weber agave yep, and Blue 100%. Weber agave exclusively. Um, mezcals can use any type of agave. Uh, and so this one in particular uses tepestate. Yeah, it looks like a it has big, huge elephant ears. It's a big, big, big Yeah, kind of wild-looking plant. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Um, so uh, that's the type that it is. Uh, like I said, it's uh, this particular one is all copper pot still. Uh, the whole process from start to finish is handmade. Um, yes, you still have an actual stone uh, tahona um, pulled by a donkey. Uh, all the agave is harvested from 5,000 plus feet uh, elevation, um, and it's all open tank fermentation. Uh, did you actually meet uh, the mezcalero for this one? Yes, I did. For, uh, and for... his name, I believe, is uh, Romelo Sanchez, yes, right? Yes, yeah, So uh, uh, also two very overpriced players for Manchester United in one. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But he's the the master distiller, as you would probably call them in a distillery in the States. But in Mexico, they're known as mezcaleros. Um, This one's going to come in at 97.6 proof. uh, And it sees no oak on this Mm -hmm. one uh, at all, which Blancos or Joven, uh, in in terms of mezcal, could see up to 30 days legally. This one sees no wood at all. Um, 
on the shelf, uh, this one's going to be a little bit pricier. Uh, you're ninety five ninety nine to one hundred five ninety nine on the shelf, um, but it is a damn good mezcal. Yep. Uh, I mean, we're not talking your Walmart brand mesquite chips here, buddy. <laughs> okay, no. this is some proper mesquite chips. So, so for <laughs> whatever it's worth, I am a uh, certified ambassador de mezcal from the state of Oaxaca in Mexico. Um, I would like to say that means I went to Oaxaca for five days and got <laughs> blackout drunk on a fuck ton of mezcal. Um, so Remember that was the trip where he exclaimed, I'm a parade. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Because I was in a parade, but I decided to just claim that I was, in fact, the a parade. parade. Yeah. <laughs> um, the best best thing to know um, about mezcals, a lot of people refer to mezcals as kind of like smoky tequilas. That is not the case. Um, they are smokier. Um, Sam mentioned the espadine. Uh, espadine tends to be a little smoky in flavor just in general. But think of each of these different plants, these different agaves. The best comparison I can give is wine. You know, from a white wine grape of a Chardonnay to a Pinot Grigio to a Sauvignon Blanc, these are all taste drastically different. Same idea with the uh, with a um, mezcal as well. Uh, tepestates tend to be very floral, a um, lot of kind of like rose petal. Um, they're very delicate too. All mezcals are inherently going to have some level of smoke because the agaves themselves are pit smoked. So think um, like tequila the best way i like to to equate the two tequila think like taking a chicken a whole chicken and roasting it in the oven with mezcal you take a whole chicken and you cook it in a smoker so that's the so there's always going to be an inherent level of smoke to a mezcal i have one question with that analogy <clears throat> yeah which is the one chicken that survives out back you have three. You just oven roasted one, and they just smoked one. Which is the one that stays alive? Kitty? You know the answer to that. It's, <laughs> it's definitely Kitty. Kitty. <laughs> it's Kitty. Kitty's who, uh, behind the curtain, boys and girls, we're going to have uh, one of my chickens picking games next season. Yep. It's definitely going to be Kitty. We also might use some of their eggs and some fun gin cocktails uh, at the beginning of next season. Ooh, that's right. That makes me happy. Fresh egg white cocktails. Yeah. Yep. Do, do some sours and stuff. So, um, Mezcal's a great spirit to get into if you're a... Uh, Typical brown drinker, such as myself and Sam, and really dig whiskeys. Um, this is a very fun white spirit to get into. That's uh, really just, just really, really good. Yeah, and with the you say smoky tequila, just kind of as a very broad, very general characteristic of mm. what mezcal is. But as Sam was saying, each individual agave plant is going to give you totally different characteristics, mm. almost like you would think of a gin and different botanicals that somebody puts into a gin. The overall thing, yes, agave tends to have a higher residual sugar, so you do have that sweetness up front. Um, they are pit smoked, so you will get that smokiness. But everything in the middle is totally different from plant to plant to plant, yeah. and thus mezcal to mezcal to mezcal. How much smoke do you really taste in this glass? You know, there's not a lot. It, it It's there, It's and it's always going to be there, but... The smoke is not the dominant flavor in this No, it, it also is smokier on the nose than it is on the palate. Of course. So, all right, let's have a great show. Yeah, let's do it to it, guys. These nice, delicate little glasses here. I like this. <laughs> yes, these I are... that little ring. I, yeah. Um, these are the uh, Riedel spirit glasses. Mm. So, I was going to use... <laughs> 
Wish I was going to use the uh, tequila. Uh, there's a tequila glass too. It looks like a smaller champagne flute, right. but it really doesn't work for mezcal very well. I got gotcha. you. This is pretty goddamn lovely. If I don't it's mind saying, sorry, Russ. And, and very smooth for uh, for being 97 proof, 97 oh, yeah. and a half proof. Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I'll, I'll recant us with one more story of uh, Oaxaca, and then I'll shut the fuck up about it. Um, I'm sitting in a in a in a cantina at. Three o'clock in the morning after the place is closed, it's me, it's my importer, his name's William, um, and we're sitting there with one guy, and we're all drinking tepestate, and it was a tepestate that came in at like a buck three, like a really strong tepestate, and tepestates happen to be my favorite style of agave, Right. and uh, London Calling starts playing over the uh, over the music, and... Um, I they were just talking in Spanish, and then occasionally William would tell me what the hell was going on because I speak no Spanish at all. Right, and I go ah the clash, and the only thing this guy said in English the whole night is he looks me right in the eye and he goes the only band that matters. We cheers and continue to drink. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. The world of punk music, you're uniting all. It's not bad. You'll appreciate this. I just got a text message from Tegan who uh, is with her mother this week. We Uh just dropped her off today. And uh, she's having her first uh, virgin strawberry daiquiri. Aww. Yeah. Very fun. So there you go. So while we're recording the show, she's drinking too. Excellent. Oh, cheers to Tegan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sammy, we're going to run out of summer if we keep doing one a week uh, here with all these team reviews. Yeah, true. Because we really only have about like seven more weeks to go and then the season yeah, and then starts. the season's starting again. Yeah. Which is why I'm surprised not a lot of business has been done yet, to be honest. Well, I guess it's because of the international tournaments that are going on. I so guess. I, I, you know, what's, once it happens, it's then a snowball. Oh, yeah. Everything's like going to start going, yeah. So um, let's kind of uh, take an opportunity and chat about a bunch of clubs, um, just because you know they're, we're not going to be able to get um, somebody on from every single team. So I figure we'll take a few that we've already known we really haven't had any leads on, and we'd go ahead and talk about them. So let's uh, do Leicester City, Watford, Bournemouth, and Southampton tonight. Sound like a winner? Sounds good to me. All right. Well, then let's uh, start with the Foxes. All right. Uh, an emotional year as they lost the owner to a tragic helicopter crash just outside the ground after a match. The Foxes were a tough one to figure out this season, wouldn't you say, Sammy? Yeah, I mean, we said it multiple times over the course of the season, too, with the loss of the owner and and all the emotions that go with that. And it was very much treated like a family, and his investment was what brought them the, the Premier League trophy a couple of years prior. Just all of those different things in a row. Um, kind of led to them being up and down, you know? I mean, uh, I told you the story that, that someone else had recanted in one of the papers, a Casper Smichael running out from the stadium to try to go towards the wreckage to help. Right, right after the game. Right, yeah. um, because they cared so much for this guy, you know? And um, it just, all the, and on top of that, the tactics were, were shite <laughs> under Claude Puel. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there were a lot of things that weren't going their way, really. Um, they had lost kind of their identity and lost their way, in my opinion. Uh, so, yeah, and their form suffered. It was just, it was up and down. It was all over the place. You never knew which team you were going to get. Well, even when Brendan Rodgers joined, the it still seemed up and down for the rest of the year, you know. Well, he started off, didn't lose his first right. four or whatever it was. He had right. three or four games. Um, and he did try to instill that little bit of, um, that I, that counterattacking identity back into them where they would break at pace and using the speed of, of, of uh, Yuri Tillemann and um, – and uh, James Madison and Jamie Vardy and would get goals and started to, to see some organization at the back again uh, and all those sorts of things. Casper Smichael started playing a little bit better. 
Um, but they were in games. I mean, they lost the city. What was it? One nil to a, a wonder strike from Vincent Company there. The the next to last game, but they took City almost all the way to the end. Yeah, you know they they looked more organized. They looked better uh, than they did earlier in the season, where they were just driving uninspired. Yeah, I mean they they'd have games where they'd win big ones and then they turn around and like lose to Huddersfield or yeah. Cardiff. They would just lose a, a stinker and they'd lose it at home too, which would make no sense. Right. Um. So what should we expect under the Brendan Rodgers regime? Um. Kind of a back back to what they were, counterattacking team, withstand pressure. Yeah, I think they'll they'll try to recapture that identity. Now I think he will try to do you know some other. Instill some other things into them, um, especially depending on who he can get in in the summer. And, you know, Tillemans is, is an example where he's not going to be there next year. He goes back to Monaco. He was on loan. Um, rumor is he's getting he's getting re-signed. Right. I couldn't find anything that said it was verified. So as of now, it's an, it's still a rumor. Yeah. Right. So hopefully they can. He yeah. was down the stretch an important player for them. Incredibly I mean, he important played player. really well, scored some big goals. Yeah. Kind um, of replaced what Mares was doing out on the wing for yeah, them. Really pretty much brought that speed and creativity to the side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Madison showed showed some of that. He's not the quickest player on the face of the earth, but he has a fair bit of pace to him. Uh, he's, hell, he's a hell of a skilled player though. But too. he's very skilled and he has an eye for a pass. Yeah. Is what James Madison brings where Tillemans was run past you and, and just beat you. Yeah. Um get a decent cross in or a cutback. Could score an odd goal himself, you know. Um, so that'll be an important piece. Uh, and then, of course, keeping hold of Harry Maguire, Ben Chilwell, um, and some of these players who are on the radar of Manchester United, Manchester City, uh, and, and some of the bigger clubs. Lead, leading me right into uh, what I was going to ask you next is, you know, okay, if they're going to withstand pressure, their defense needs to be big. Well, there's two major problems with the defense. Either a bunch of other clubs want them, a.k.a. Maguire and, and Chilwell, or they're getting really, really old, really, well, really quick. Yeah, Johnny Evans isn't young. Wes Morgan isn't young. Yeah. Um, you have Harry Maguire's with 26, 27, so he's okay. Um, so you need a partner for him, essentially, because the other two are aging. The Chilwell is still 25, 26. The but that's the why team, they have their value. The bulk of the team, as I look through their roster, oh, as a whole, absolutely like born in the late '80s, early '90s, yeah. and a handful born in yeah. the late '90s. And absolutely. Like, ooh, yeah, like, they're going to need to start bringing people through or or signing some players for sure. Which I don't think hurts them now. No, I don't think this hurts I, them over the next couple of seasons. I think this hurts them in three or four if they don't yes. figure out who the next Vardy is. When they turn around and then lose, you know, a, a Madison of the world, right? And like that, that can be crippling to this team. Yeah, I, I may as well get it out of the way now because I said essentially the same thing about Watford. I think both teams still have enough quality in them to be more than safe next season. Yeah, um, I think they're going to to not necessarily guaranteed, but be there thereabouts for the bottom half of the the uh, top half of the table. Yeah. So that's seventh through tenth. Yeah. kind of area firmly mid-table clubs um but they need to handle this summer january and next summer very well and they need to bring as you said the average age of the overall squad down yeah they're they're going to get plucked off a couple of players and they're going to need to find good replacements like jamie vardy i think is 31 
And Ianacho and, and is a decent enough player, but he can't score not, for whatever reason. Not he's, proven, he's, not he's proven not enough yet, and yeah. not. And I'm not so sure proven in this style of system with a lone striker where it is all on your shoulders, and sometimes it's literally you by yourself, all by yourself on the other side of midfield because it was a long ball played to you and your job's to just go get the fucking goal. Yeah, exactly. Which is what Jamie Vardy does best. It's, right, exactly. And so they're going to need <clears throat> to find another player like that or they're going to have to find a player and change their style a bit. So, um, so we'll, but we'll see what happens with them. I mean, little you know. Little rumor to throw at you for... Um, for um, Maguire leaving, apparently Leicester's being linked to uh, Dunk from Brighton Hove Albion. That'd be a step uh, up for him. I'm well. I'm surprised also that uh, Brighton Hove Albion's willing to let go of Dunk. I mean, it may be a situation where like he's got one year left. He's not re-signing, right? Kind of deal, get, right? And so instead of pulling an Arsenal, you <laughs> actually sell him for money. Dunk's good enough to be a. Uh, <laughs> we like to let players go for free, Mel. Yeah, that's what, what we you... typically do. No, I'm just wondering if that's an actual name, Dunk. Dunk. Oh yeah, Lewis Dunk. Dunk. Lewis, Lewis Dunk. Oh, yeah. I heard Dunk. him say Dunk. Yeah, oh, Dunk. No, not Dunk. No, Dunk. <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, that's who is being linked with them currently, and yeah. I, it's you know what, that's a that's it's a, a good, good move for him. Yeah, absolutely, it's a good move for him. It's a good step. In the I right t- direction. either one of them, Shane Duffy as well. Yeah, I'm. I, I think Duffy's got a few more years. Yeah, I don't on, think they're you know. going for him. That's. But well, my point is, is both of them are quality center uh, center backs. Yeah, well, that um, was the one. I don't the think one... they could make a jump to a top a top six club. But if you're going from 16th, 17th to Middle, 10th, yeah, middle of the table eighth, kind of team, you know, yeah, it's not bad flirting with the top half of the league, going deep yeah, in an if, FA Cup. If that you, makes if, sense, yeah. If you didn't have uh Michael Keane already and hopefully getting Kurt Zuma back, I would say yeah. that they'd one of the two of them, oh, yeah, Shane Duffy, be a great person He'd to bring back fit. to the club, yeah, yeah. be a great fit. With didn't you let him go? Yeah, we let him go a long time ago, we let him go. Yeah. So, um, as, as we said, the team, you know, we're we're we both think the team's starting to get a little old, um, and you've kind of hinted at it some. How do you think what, – what do you think the future is for them just next year? What's going to happen to them next year? I think they're, like I said, firmly mid-table. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they might be knocking on the Europa League spots, but ultimately will fall short of them. Yeah. Um, I think those top six are pretty <laughs> solidified being the top six. I think they will – Leicester, if they continue the way they ended the season with their performance level – um, I think a lot of those weird, stupid losses and dumb draws to to bottom half teams become wins. Become wins, and I think you two are gonna put yourselves back in the places with Wolves for that sixth through ninth or uh, seventh through ninth kind of the best of the rest pack. Yeah. Um, but you know, as <laughs> after the up and down season they had, I think that'll be a a, a strive a stride forward for yeah. them. Um, because for a while you didn't know what was gonna happen. To be honest, yeah. uh, I don't think that relegation was a worry but they look to be a bottom half you know kind of 15th place potential yeah. uh in that side around christmas um and it was good that they got brendan rogers in and and he you know seemed to be a good man motivator and, and got the job done and as he likes to say uh from my perspective at least next season lester will be okay <laughs> yeah i i see them uh just like you um I see them as there's three teams that are going to be battling for seventh, eighth, ninth, and I think those three teams are it's it's Everton, it's Wolves, and it's Leicester, and I think those three teams are a lot closer to Manchester United, Chelsea, and unfortunately Arsenal than we think they are. Like I, I think it, it's I, entirely possible. I would not be surprised. I'm not going to pick this, but I would not be surprised at all if we saw one of those three clubs in ninth place next year, like a Chelsea in ninth. Wouldn't surprise me. 
because well, the way United ended the season. <laughs> well, and because that group just behind you guys is good enough to challenge you now. It's not like it's a really huge difference, you know? Right. Because your team's going to be handicapped by how much money you can spend. Who's going to want to go? spend Right. At all. And who's going to want to go to United, right? And even if they do completely change the team, it's going to take time to figure that all out, you know? So I, you could, I would not be out of the realm to, for me to see, an Everton, a Wolves, well, or a Leicester finish in fourth place and make it into the Champions well, League. We saw, Wouldn't we, surprise me. We saw it with, um, with Chelsea a few years back in Mourinho's third year of his second stint. Yeah, ended up finishing in 10th that year. Yeah, yeah, when Conte first came in from uh, from uh, the Italian national team, but yeah. Juve uh, before that. Yeah. And, um, and they started off so poorly, they finished in 10th, as you said. It was yeah. pitiful. Um, and you could see that happening again. Just sold their their best player, you know, to Real Madrid, and confirmed, and Hazard's gone. Yeah, they may be suddenly very, very young. They could be very young. They could be very thin if yeah. they don't bring some of these players back on loan, Pers- back yeah. from loan, and can't uh, can't do anything. You know, and then I mean, you guys are handcuffed on the amount of money you can spend. So it really comes down to: Are you able to offload Ozil? How much are you able to go out and buy? You know, there's there's. It's it's not going it's not going to be as easy for all the quote unquote top six sides as it normally seems every year. Exactly, really feels a lot tighter this year, and Leicester could completely do it now. You know, and it but if they lose Maguire and don't replace him, they could easily end up being twelfth. Right, absolutely, they very well could finish twelfth. I'd love that. Next up is the FA Cup runners-up, Watford. Watford ended up having a really decent season, finishing just outside the uh, top 10, but spent the bulk of the season in the top 10. Um, Did we see the best they're going to do? Yes. Yeah, that's what I kind of felt like, too. Yeah. I would also like to say that I I just prefer to think of there being two third-place teams in the FA Cup um, (laughs) because they were so poor in the final. Oh, yeah. That they don't deserve to be runners up. <laughs> <laughs> they were really bad in the final. It was terrible. I mean, that it was actually more entertaining than the uh, the eight centimeters of horse track we could see at the Preakness that yeah, day. Yeah, it was true. We did yeah. have our uh, our phones set up and watching the FA Cup match. Yeah, before of, our before our phones died at Fire Festival, yeah. we uh we got to watch the FA Cup final. And, and while watching the FA Cup <laughs> final, we were interrupted by Becky at least twenty times in her jumper asking us where the uh, where the bets were. Or how could you leave? And what? Who was I betting on? And how can I find more That's rose? A romper. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, okay, romper. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Back to so much basicness. Um, <laughs> so, like I said, I, I think we've kind of seen the best they're gonna give us. This is also a team where you kind of wonder: Is this team getting a little old? And I also think of it specifically with one player. Ben Foster played a huge part in their season. Now, granted, at the end, he had a couple of gaffes, but he's getting old. He is getting a little older now. Is it time for a new keeper? Um, I don't know if their immediate concern would be there, but in the next year or two, they're going to need to, they're about, going to need to shore it up. How about if I told you Tom Heaton at Burnley turned down a contract extension. He has one year left, and Watford's talking to Heaton. Yeah, that's not a bad move for him. It's a <laughs> step up from Burnley. A little bit bigger of a stage, closer to London. Um, and Burnley will be okay. They still have Nick Pope. Exactly. That's not a bad move for all parties, to be honest with yeah. you. 
I don't and, mind that so much. And 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 little will change because Heaton will get shot on like crazy, like he did at Burnley. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> uh, while um, I, it kind of leads me in my next thing, um, this is we like to use the expression a uh, team full of midfielders. Yeah. And if ever there was a team full of midfielders in the Premier League, that team would be called Watford. Watford yeah. <laughs> they um and they're with Deeney getting older as well. I was gonna um, say outside of Fat Drake up top, the rest of the team yeah. is a whole lot of midfielders and wingers. The uh, the other thing about them is they don't have anybody, including Deeney and Andre Gray, that ca- they can't score goals consistently. No. Um, also, Pereira is a, uh, a much, very much a flash player. I mean, he chipped in with a goal or two here and there, but I had him on my fantasy team most of the season. He didn't do dick for me. Delafeu, so, if he starts, he's absent. If he comes in off the bench, he scores three goals. Yeah, because he's pissed that he didn't start. So weird. Right, you know? and so and then you have uh, Etienne Capu and um, is it Decore mm-hmm. that are in there also that are, are great engines, but that's about it. I mean, Capu scored here and there, but not often. Um they also pick up a fair amount of cards, the two of them, for oh, putting yeah. in tackles. Oh yeah, well they're um, they're they're right proper dicks. They're they're yeah. those holding midfielder right, right. proper dick kind uh, of guys. Defensively, they're not brilliant. Um, you've got a, a, a decent player in Jose Holavas out on the left side uh, of uh, of defense that gets forward fairly often, but he's prone to give up a, a, a foul or two around the box. Um, and then Ben Foster bailed him out a lot last year. So th- I think their immediate concern would be defensively right. uh, across that back four, trying to step up a little bit. Give, and then, give their keeper more. Right. And then if, if nobody is in that space, I think I think Fat Drake and I think Andre Gray will score enough goals that they'll be firmly mid-table again mm-hmm. if they can shore up that defense. Um, eventually, I mean, it's not necessarily Ben Foster's fault either. I mean, he has a mistake in him, but not often. Yeah, and I mean, he had a couple right at the end of the year, uh, most notably the one against you guys. Right. Um, but hey, it's... But the, the, he's the, the, old. He's, he's getting close to 40. And, uh, but the, the big deal is, the, the big thing with them is, um, you know, is, is that defense. If you're going to get 15 shots a game or 10 shots a game or what have you, the dam's eventually going to break. Right. You know, I mean, that's a lot of times what happened with against Fall. I mean, their goalkeeper was basically a spaghetti noodle, but yeah. um, but that you know, you have twenty shots against them. Eventually, something's going to fucking go in, right? Precisely. <laughs> so, um, they need to shore that defensive, get bodies in there, and and if they stay stuck in, I think Fat Drake and Andre Gray can score some goals along with De La Feu and Pereira, uh, to to keep them firmly in mid table. But they are, like I said, with Leicester. Um, they're going to have to, over the next three windows, be pretty shrewd with their business and get people in, get a little younger, um, and get a little bit more compact, I think. Yeah, well, they definitely, defense desperately needs to be addressed with that side. Um, I I think if there's an opportunity to go get a goalkeeper like Heaton, even the, you just go get him. Yeah, you spend um, that money. But, I mean, um, you can move Ben Foster on for decent money to a championship club. Oh, easily, yeah. easily. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, not that that's on the cards. I'm just saying, like, if you need to rotate some money around, right. he's somebody you could get rid of. Right. You know, yeah. or just put him in the Jorelio Gomez role. You know, it's it's a team that I see is going to be, and let's let's go ahead and uh, kind of say what we think, how the, we think they're going to finish up. I see this team being a, you know, 13th, 12th kind of team, you know, probably, you know, Maybe they have a hot start, but the, you know that's always been the joke: is that every season, the first five games of the, of the league, the best team in the league is Watford. Is Watford, yep. Um, 
I feel like they're going to hang on this year because there's enough teams with enough problems that they can stay above it all. But I feel like that team is getting closer and closer and closer to being in trouble. Oh, yeah. Big. Absolutely. Big trouble. But what's his name's a good manager. Yeah. I always confuse it, so I'm not even going to say the name. <laughs> What's the Watford manager's name? I don't know. I never See, because I was, I was gonna, I almost said Marco Silva, which I, I know is wrong. That was last year. <laughs> I know that's wrong, and I always confuse him with the Spirit of Santo. Yeah, of course, from Wolves. Yeah. So anyway, the Watford manager, it, I believe he is. I believe he's either Portuguese or or, or Spanish. Or Spanish, yeah. yeah. But anyway, he keeps them organized. Yeah, Google that for me. What? Yeah, I'm googling it. Right <laughs> uh, he does keep them organized. He keeps them together, and. Um, I think if they strengthen in the right areas, like you said, I think they're firmly mid-table again. Somewhere 10th to 13th, kind of, they're not worried about going down. They're miles ahead of 14th and 15th, you know what I mean? You know, you got a good 8, 9 points clear of 14th place, you know what I'm saying? And um, it's typically, Mel, where I would get a response, but... You all know, you gotta, you gotta, I'm not as fast as you are on this. As Sam will say, this is your chance to drive the brus. Uh, drive brus? the brus? brus? Drive yeah, the brus. Oh my goodness. Somebody was. That big, uh, Well, the, that the big site thing. I normally go to didn't give it to me, so I'm going to just do Google now, because that's what I showed on the first uh, So the, the information highway of Google wasn't good enough. He went to a specialty website first. I just, I always go to <laughs> Yahoo Sports, because I know how to navigate it quicker. Uh, Javi Garcia. Javi Garcia, there we go. See, how about um, that? And see, we... It, and all that stalling managed to give us a good solid eight minutes on Watford. Aren't you proud of yourself? Yeah, I know. I did. I was running out of stuff to say, to be honest with you. I love my wife. I love my wife. I love my wife. I love my wife. You said there's a fucking email. Tell me. To, 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 I did. Uh, I did want to apologize. Our producer's driving me fucking nuts. I did want to apologize to everybody uh, before the break. I know that brain farts don't exactly make great audio features. <laughs> So uh, we are with that, uh, but our but boy it did help stall. Our boy John, <laughs> our boy John uh, Satterfield, who I keep confusing with Galifianakis uh, every time he sends me something because they both are John and they both start with S. Uh, one one is in their um, real names is um, Harrier in Greek and lives in New Orleans. Okay. Um, and then he is the other one is actually a fan of the show. Is very thin <laughs> and um and bald t- and uh, no no he's got a perfectly fine head of hair but he's uh say thinner man and is uh let's say uh pastier so let's say British oh. or Irish descent. I got it. Oh, uh, so but he always gets in touch with funny memes and stuff. Otis Anderson. Yeah, and uh, this is one from the football feed which is pretty funny. Um. Uh, Frank Lampard was on uh, vacation with his wife, mm-hmm. on holiday with his wife, and um, she put something on Facebook, or on uh, Instagram, actually, it looks like, with a uh, son and a smiley face, Frank Lampard with the uh, heart eyes mm-hmm. uh, comment, John Terry, uh, two comments later, at Christine Lampard, so we tagged her in it, red heart, blue heart. So again, trying to steal his uh, best mate's wife. I just, uh, I, I honestly was about to cut in and be like, "So has Terry <laughs> tried to fuck her yet?" Yeah. <laughs> and here you are telling me this that is, why, in yep. fact, yes, yeah. he's already hitting on her. So if you were gonna believe that, that's there on Instagram for everyone to see. Uh, and then another very funny meme he sent. Yeah, John, us. John Terry. That's uh, that that womanizer is your assistant coach, uh, producer Mel. Yes, yeah. he is now. Don't worry, he's going to try to fuck all your players' wives. <laughs> if he hasn't already, he's been there for a season. Oh, yeah, he probably has already put it in there. Villainistas. 
He is a villain, <laughs> and he does all the Eastas. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Um, And then he sent another very funny one, which makes me giggle. Uh, Musa Sissoko, uh, the Spurs player, is uh, on Safari uh, and um, put a picture on Instagram. It says, lion, recognize lion, uh, hashtag holidays. Uh, And the lion uh, is quoted in this meme by saying, oh, shit, trophy hunters. Oh, no, never mind. It's a Spurs player. (laughs) (laughs) Which made me giggle. And that's a dig. (laughs) Yeah, made me giggle. All right, so let's chat about the cherries, Sammy. AFC Bournemouth found themselves at the bottom half of the table. The homers. Yeah, comfortably (laughs) safe, but that's thanks to a really good start. Um, Has the league finally figured out Bournemouth? Um, Yes, but Bournemouth still pretty comfortably finished uh, in the league, to be fair. Like you said, they had a great start. Hmm. I think the biggest problem comes down to Nathan Ake doesn't have a partner. Uh, the goalkeeping situation wasn't very good. Uh, and then Callum Wilson, Josh King, um, and Ryan Frazier, while they did well enough going forward that they eventually secure promotion, I think they're a bit inconsistent in front of goal. Um, I think if they could find, Callum Wilson especially, could find a little oh, bit. miss open headers. Right. They'd miss open headers like uh, crazy. Josh King, against missed, us. Josh King missed a couple of penalties. Um if they could figure out somewhat of an away form, pick up a couple of draws, win three games instead of zero. <laughs> yeah. If they could do something away from home and continue to use the vitality as a as a fortress, I think they'll again be comfortably safe somewhere between you know that kind of eleventh to fourteenth range. Um, but you know they scored enough goals, but they also scored those goals in bunches. You know, I mean. Josh King, I think, had four goals in six games at one point. Then you didn't hear from him for four games. Right. And they dropped a lot of those, uh, a lot of points during that stretch. Yeah, he picked up Solanke, and Solanke did zero did for nothing. Them, right. You know? Jordan Ive hasn't done much uh, yeah. as well, you know, which you can see why Liverpool shipped them off. Right. And they haven't really adapted. Colin Wilson, however, has gotten himself in the England team here and there. And has played very well. He just needs to be a little bit more consistent, I think, in front of and, goal. And Fraser Foster. I mean, not Fraser Foster. Fraser uh, Foster. Uh, that's the goalkeeper that's the for goal Southampton. And it's Forster. Forster, sorry. <laughs> has done well enough to eat. Um, not Forster, but I'm talking about uh, Ryan, Ryan Fraser. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Fraser is clearly done well enough that he's going to move on to another club, it looks like, this summer. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal are in, in, the, in the hunt form, apparently, to get mm-hmm. a proper winger. Um, but... If they can keep hold of him, him and Colin Wilson uh, combined as the most deadly duo in the Premier League of assists and goals between the two players. Right. So specifically Ryan Frazier assisting Colin Wilson and vice versa, they connected more time than any other duo in the Premier League. So here's a very interesting stat for you. Okay. Cherries finish in 14th place. Yeah. They outscored seven of the 13 teams in front of them. Right. They were the third worst team in the league for goals against. Yeah, Cardiff City, who went down, had a better goals against than they did. Right, like, and so, that's they what I say. If they fix that defense, and they, like I said, they scored those goals in bunches, though. <laughs> so they'd win four or five, you know, one or whatever at home, right. but then they'd go away and get trounced three 0 Right, you got to spread those goals out a bit. Um, you know, and they they scored a fair amount of goals, and, and credit to them, and they did well. 
but you got to do it week in, week out. You can't do, you know, two hat tricks in a row and then turn around and not score for seven games. Like, that um, doesn't do you any good for real. Uh, keeping now with, with goalkeeping, uh, clearly, if you go with a kid, which it looks like they're going to with uh, Travers, there's going to be growing pains. But that kid threw up a 1 0 shutout he against, really well. against uh, Spurs. And granted, Spurs saw two reds, but he also made three brilliant saves when Spurs were even strength at the uh, start of that match as well. And so I, th- I think they they have their answer for keeper. They should probably go find a veteran keeper, AKA a Ben Foster, if yeah. he's out there to back up the kid, you know, kind of situation. Yeah. But they, they they definitely need to fix their goalkeeping. And uh, like you said, along with Ake, which Ake, I normally hear his name called because he scored a header on a, f- yeah. on a set piece. I was surprised to find out, and I think we said this uh, on, a, on a show during the season, that he only had like four goals for the season. But it felt like every time I saw Bournemouth, he was scoring a goal. Right. Maybe he just likes being on TV. So they, they, they definitely, I, I feel like they definitely need work defensively if they want to have any chance of staying up. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree with that 100%. And the home and away thing, it's fun to talk about like when we're talking about betting, like, oh, always bet the cherries at home, blah, blah, blah. But here's a simple fact. They're going to maybe be, maybe steal a few points from some of these bigger sides at home. But for the most part, they're going to lose to them, right? And then all they're going to do is win maybe, what, nine games at home? But they out of nineteen, yeah, maybe nine, ten. Keep losing away, like it's it's got. You got to figure it out. I mean, at some point, that's gonna come back to bite you in the ass. If they don't have a hot start, like let's say this, they're like because they're much like a Watford. You see them in like fifth, sixth place, like six weeks into the season. They don't have a hot start, and they don't figure out a way to replace you know Frazier if they lose him. Like this, this is a team that I feel. Like could definitely be in the hunt to go down. Absolutely, they could I, totally be one of those teams. I mean, and if you you look at the the way that they play and everything else, they're basically a low budget Leicester <clears throat> with yeah. not as good players across the field as Leicester has. Yeah, and and that counterattacking style again, if you take fifteen shots on target against them, <laughs> yeah, they might get you two on a break, but you're going to win four two. Yeah, you're going to win five two. Um, because that defending is not there. If it's not Nathan Ake getting getting to it, getting a block in or, or a last ditch tackle or whatever, they don't really have much back there. And their goalkeeping situation is shite, as we talked about. Yeah. yeah. So you, you have to feel for them. You have to worry about what they're going to do. And somebody like a Ben Foster would immensely improve. Gives the kid a chance um, to learn under a, a top pro right. for a year or so. You know, maybe a year and a half. Ben Foster picks up an injury. He's there with his arm around him, talking to him, you know, giving him confidence, got, got making to find, him feel good. Got to find a big, right, proper dick to play center back next to uh, Ake. Next to Ake, just, yeah. Just, just an asshole Englishman that'll knock bodies around, that'll own the box. They they desperately need that. It's Absolutely. not even a matter of um, skill per se. It's just a ownership of defensive half of the field. Because there's one thing you know you're going to do against Bournemouth. You're going to score. Right. You know you're going – if you play Bournemouth, even if you're playing at their place, you you're know gonna score, you're yeah. going to score goals. I know. It's like going down to the dock with 20 bucks. You're going to score. <laughs> it, I, 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 funny, that's in – Bournemouth has docks too, don't yes, they? Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> that one's for me. Sorry. You're, you're so witty. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I – 
you got to feel for for Ake. I mean, he does a lot of work in that team, both defensively and offensively. I mean, he causes yeah. problems for everyone uh, on corners and set pieces. Um, but yeah, they definitely need exactly what you said. They kind of need a dickhead next to him to 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 kind of shore it up and everything. Sorry, yeah. I got distracted. Mel just harvested yeah. her strawberries. <laughs> they um, they need to. Uh, they re- they need a hard man next to him that's going to get stuck in, that's going to give him a little bit of freedom to join the attack here and there. And he's a good defender still. I mean, there's you know there's a lot to be said for what he does on, on both sides of the ball. Yeah. So there's definitely foundation to build from. They just need to build it. They got to spend the money. They they have to turn around and actually spend some money. You also feel like um, even if you lost Frazier, Wilson could step in. Yeah, you know, I mean, he had a hell of a season last year. Unfortunately, got injured. But you feel like the younger Wilson. Yeah, yeah, the the, the one who uh, who was lighting it up uh, throughout the entire year for them. Um, attacking midfielder played just behind uh, the strikers. It's not Wilson. Hold on, I'll tell you in a minute. Okay, keep going. Very good. So, well, here's I, I'm I'm looking. Admin at, is not our strong suit. I'm looking at this. Uh, I'm looking at the table as holding name assassin strikes again. Um, I feel like. You know, and we'll get on to Newcastle when we talk about transfer, but like Newcastle, Palace, Bournemouth, Brighton, Southampton, Brooks, Brooks, that was it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Like those five teams, legit real fucking trouble. Yeah, it could be. Real, real trouble. And let's face it, the three teams that are coming up, okay, so Sheffield hasn't been there in a while, but they know Premier League football. Norwich has come up and down a few times. Maybe they pull a Burnley and they've just been going down to let that money collect and get themselves to be there and stay there, right? Could and, be. and Villa, I can't help but think Villa's Villa's fucking staying. So I, that I means feel, that yeah. means a non promoted team is is going down potentially and, yeah. three non it could be like it was a couple of seasons ago when you had three non-promoted uh, teams get relegated. Is what what I was, was it? Stoke, West Brom, and uh, Swansea all went down, mm-hmm. and it was three non-promoted teams. That went was down. The, the year one of Huddersfield, Brighton. <laughs> yep, and, and um, uh, Newcastle had come and back Newcastle up. came back up. Yeah, yeah. like they the it's and, and Bournemouth is as talented as offensively as they are, and as well managed as they are by how. This team's a one-trick pony. Absolutely, teams have figured out how to yeah. stop them. So teams just go into their place and go, just get a draw. But they know they're going to beat them when they play them at their place. Yep. And if that if law of averages, you you're fucking going down. Well, here's the thing: their home form has always been good. We we talked about that. If they can figure out how to get points on the road, they'd be in tenth, no problem. I don't know if they can, but. Don't know if they can. That's exactly right. You, and I don't see it. There's no evidence to suggest that that would happen. Yeah. So you're right. They, this, could, they could be fucked. You know what this team feels like to me? <laughs> to be frank? Huh. Fulham. This team feels like Fulham. Eh, it really going does. Going into this season so far, I could understand that. Yeah. Feels Minus like the Fulham. $100 million spent. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Let's finish our uh, team talk with Southampton. The Saints were able to do the great escape for a second season in a row. That is all, folks. That's the positive. Yep. That's about it. That's that's it. I think the signing of Ralph Hudl is a positive. I think mm-hmm. that's the only reason they stayed up. He wasn't... First thing written. Yep. Simpatico killer. Yep. Admin might not be our 
big a strong suit, but we already know what each other are thinking. We are psychic. That's right. <laughs> uh, both of our wives like are actually here today. Kick. Carly came down to see us uh, see us record. And we're both playing on our phones. <laughs> yeah, they're playing Farmville together. Um, but yeah, uh, so while they are here, Sam and I were married long before either one of us married these two. So, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so we're definitely telepathic in, <laughs> in what we think. But uh, uh, back to back to the Saints. Um, except for those two cunts that did the uh, airplane thing. They're yeah, not Saints. Yeah. They're fucking assholes. Yeah, those guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> Ralph Hussenhutel, uh was the only positive really that came out of the season um, for me uh, when he came in to replace Old Sparky. Um, he seems to be a good man motivator. Uh, he also wasn't afraid to shake it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave, dropped a few players, gave some young people um, some chances, and also, uh, excuse me. Mm, I belched at the same time, too, so good on you. There'll be double belches going into the mic. Yeah, it'd be perfect. Um, Mine was juicy. But <laughs> not only uh, did he give the young people the chance, he also put a, pl- a plan in place. And it looked like Southampton was trying. It looks like they at least had, yeah. they weren't very good at it a lot of the time, but at least they had an idea of what the fuck they wanted to do. You know what I mean? They had a style to them. Well, it's Charlie Austin and Shane Long. How much can you fucking expect out of them when you're doing with that as your as your plan? Well, right, exactly. I mean, they they went from Walmart and Marshalls to TJ Maxx in terms of their style. You know what right. I'm saying? So, still wasn't great. But it was better than the bottom of the barrel. So it seems like he has a commitment to one, playing young players, and two, rebuilding the academy. And let's now, face I, it, I think part the of academy it, though, is what they're known for. Is uh, absolutely. How great their I, academy look at half is. of Liverpool's team just won the Champions League. Well, right. It's um, they're all Southampton players. Exactly. Gareth Bale's won the Champions League. How many times was a Southampton player? Theo yep. Walcott for you. Yep. Alex Oxlade Chamberlain uh, for Liverpool was all South, was all Southampton. Yep. Um. Uh. But anyway, they. Excuse me. They they just they lacked everything under Mark Hughes: a plan, direction, drive, determination. It's what saw Dusan Tadic fuck off to Ajax in, uh, in January. Yeah, and make it to the Champions League semifinals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and play very well was an integral part. Scored two goals against Real Madrid at the Bernabeu. I believe he was their leading goal scorer for the season too. Yeah. Um, and you worried for Southampton. And that guy wasted it away in, uh, on their team. Right. And wasted you, it away being a no, mediocre actually, player you, at best. Did he leave before the start of the season last year? Yeah, it was before the start Okay, of the one season. in January. I'm yeah. sorry. That was a mistake on me. Um, but he, you worried where the goals were going to come from. Shane Long can't score them. Charlie Austin and Danny Ings can't stay fit. Um, Nathan Redman is like Alex Awobi. Great play down the wing. And then the final ball is absolute shite. Um, so you worried what was going to happen. James Ward-Prowse is still young. I know he's been on the scene for a while, but he's still relatively young. Can't do it all himself. And with no Dusan Tadic there, what, what were they going to do? Right. Um, and that proved to be the case a lot of the season. They can't score fucking goals and then could hardly defend under Sparky. Now, that's the thing that Hassan Hoodle did is he came and, and you know, shored the defense up yeah, got uh, a bit. Got, got him organized. Right. Got them, got them to be focused. Got them to be physical. Yeah. Got them to actually play. Yeah. The got game. them to play like fucking Dockers. You're in a yeah. port town. Be yeah. hard. What's wrong yeah. with you? Right. And um, and so with that, then dropped some key players, made some statements, and and brought in some young kids to prove a point. And it seemed to get everybody back on side, and seemed to get everybody working towards an objective. And in the end, he did enough. So they stayed up. Now. Getting people to Southampton is going to be difficult. 
that's so I've got two names that they're linked to getting in. I got two names that they want to try to hold to onto and not lose. The two coming in, uh, the first one would be uh, Che Adams, who was the uh, leading goal scorer at Birmingham City in the championship, scored 22 goals, was I want to say like fifth or sixth in scoring right. in and the championship. Here's and, my concern with Che Adams <clears throat> not proven at the Premier League level, number one. Right. So he could be a David Nugent. Right type player, he could be who who th- or Darren Huckabee, who could score goals in the championship for days. You bring him up to the Premier League, can't do very different dick style. Shit. You know, a, a poacher does very well in the championship. Right, a guy who knows to just get behind the big defenders, find the find that the rebounds, little pocket of space. The, yeah, these goalies aren't as quality. They're going to drop balls, exactly. t- do some tap ins, but it's it's get, and it's be be the penalty taker for the team, things like that. Yes. Right, and it's not like it was. Years ago, where where a, a proven poacher like Rude Van Nistelrooy was able to succeed in the Premier League at Manchester United, right? Um, it, it's not like that anymore. These goalkeepers are better. You got to cu- create goals. They're, you have to create. They're goals coming as a off striker. their line faster. They're doing. You know, they're they're doing all those things. Off, the days, off, their, off their line, they're basically a sweeper. They're standing on the eighteen. Exactly. You know, like they're they're and, kicking balls away before they even make it anywhere into like the attacking zone. Right. And so part part of that issue is you worry is can he do it at this level? Well. If you're going to take a 25 million pound gamble in your Southampton's a lot different than taking a 25 million pound oh, gamble huge. if you're Manchester City. That's practically a record signing for them at exactly, 25 million. Exactly, and it could very well be a big chunk of their budget. Yeah. Now the next one would be um the next uh, the other one would be uh Everton player who played for uh Hassan Hoodle at uh, uh Leipzig Red Bulls is um and is is Amadola Leipzig. Lukman. Leipzig, yeah. sorry. Hubson Hoodle. Yeah. Uh, oh. All right. Back to it. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I love my wife. Um, is Lookman at uh, uh, Lookman at Everton. There's yeah. um, And he is proposed 20 million. So now, we're talking 45 million for two strikers. Two, obviously. Kind be, of winger strikers. Winger yeah, strikers. Forwards, yeah. But you, Unproven, young, all the talent in the world, but now, I think Lookman would a... be, I think Lookman would be better for them than this championship kid, right. Che, che Adams, yeah, um, or Che Austin, Adams, Adams. Sorry, yeah. the um, but See Lookman, name I got right. I <laughs> Lookman has Premier League experience. Yeah. Lookman knows what it takes in the league. He he, when he came in for you those last few games of the season, when he finally got a chance for Marco cl- Silva. Clearly, he doesn't like to practice though. Well, he's Allen Iverson. Yeah. Practice. <laughs> We're talking about practice. <laughs> yeah, um, but he he played well those last few games of the season, and I think somebody like Housen Hoodle is not going to stand for that bullshit. No, um, but he played well. He played well for him at uh, Red Bull. Right. Right, which I don't think the Germans are allowed to say. I think that's why it's RB Leipzig. Oh, okay, whatever. I think because it's Red Bull. It's something about corporate ownership structure. Something to do with their league. Sure thing, Red Bull. But <laughs> they wear Red Bull jerseys. Yes, Red Bull, and they are owned by the same people. Red Bull. Red Bull. Uh, Red Bull. Who? <laughs> see how many more times they say Red Bull. Show title. Red Bull. <laughs> Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> they um pay us money. Red Bull. <laughs> Sponsorship opportunity. Uh, dufootballshow at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch and sponsor the show, Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, <laughs> no, uh, Red Bull, uh, New, York, New York Red Bulls and, um, uh, RB Leipzig and, uh, 
Red Bull Salzburg or whoever yeah. that is in Austria. Salzburg they're all is in owned, Austria. Yeah, they're all owned by Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, and all wear the same shirts. Different badge, obviously. Still have the Red Bulls on it. All right. Anyway. So- um, but House and Hoodle, I think, can get the best out of that player for whatever reason. Marco Silva can't. Maybe it's because he believes in a siesta. Don't right. know. <laughs> Maybe Lookman just thinks because he's Spanish, he can take a nap during the day and, and it, you know, won't get over it. He just, it, most, I don't know what it most is. of the leaks came back about, about Lookman and why he wasn't getting playing time and why it kept being Red the Bull. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, um, and why Lookman wasn't getting playing time and Walcott was is because Lookman had no desire in training. Yeah, exactly. And didn't so, try at all. Which, let's face it, in the Premier League, you want to piss off a that. coach. Yeah. You want to piss off a coach. Don't train. Half-asset at training. Yeah. You are not so, going it, to play if you half-asset at training. And at that point, from your perspective, would you be pissed off if he fucked off down there? No. I wouldn't either. No, not at all. From a neutral's perspective. I mean, clearly, if you're going to act like that. Clearly, he's club. not going to work. He's yeah. not going to work with us. So it's lots of talent. He's not the right guy for us. Send him on his way. Exactly. I'm okay with that. And that's why I don't really care. Like if Ozil, if we pissed Ozil off somewhere, I wouldn't care. Right. Because Even if he went if off and like, was brilliant for somebody else, you'd yeah. be like, great. You know what? He didn't give a fuck here. So right. So what's the point? Leave. Exactly. Bye, Felicia. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so right. um, the other the other thought is um, two players to try to hold on to. We already mentioned Ward Prowse. Uh, the big one is uh, Bertrand, who is getting a lot of attention from, I think it's Atletico mm-hmm. and Ryan uh, Bertrand. Yep. They're left back. And someone else in Spain, too. It's two teams I'm in Spain battling he, for him. I'm surprised he never moved on <laughs> uh, years ago. I mean, he, he's a quality left back. He's a little he bit might, of a temper. He might as well now. He might as well. Yeah, why not? Uh, it's you know, clearly the the team's going to go in a different direction. They're going to go younger, so why bother staying? But honestly, they desperately need him to stay. Well, they need some experience. You can't yeah. just chuck a team of eighteen year olds out there and expect to do well. You need You're a guy be- to throw the C on. You yeah, know? you need somebody that's going to exactly. keep them in check and make sure that they're they're playing good ball together. Exactly. Yeah, one hundred percent. I completely agree with that. Um, they're going to want to hold on to him. They'll need the experience. They'll need the leadership. And he's one that's always been on side. He's always given everything for the shirt. You can oh, never, yeah. you know, really you oh, know, say you anything otherwise. It. He's and been down the left side, Nathan Redmond and him have a decent understanding. Like I said, Nathan Redmond's final ball kind of sucks. Um, actually, really sucks. But if <clears throat> but you, he found a way to score goals for them, you know. Yeah. So if you could uh, down the stretch, yes. <laughs> But if you could, uh, if you could hold on to them, I think it gives you a decent platform. It gives you some leadership, and it gives you somebody that's going to take these young players under his wing, under his arm, and explain to them what it means to play for a football club. Yeah, and and get them on the same page as everyone else, and at least again, just installing Hasenhutel. Uh, you you have a plan now, right? Right. And if you're organized and you have a plan, we see with Burnley, they're not great going forward. But if you have a plan. And you make it difficult for teams at the back, you stand a fucking chance. Yeah, Burnley's pretty simple. You're not scoring. Yeah. You can't beat us if you don't fucking score. Right. <laughs> so the, the whole idea is stay organized, stay compact, give it all, and you put yourselves in with a shout. So for the Saints, do we see a third great escape? No. I don't. If they if they can add a goal scorer for real, somebody that could do it, then I think they'll be safe because they seem to be organized now. They seem to again 
keep using the same cliches, but they seem to be on the same page with a clear direction and obvious right. plan. So if they can add a goal scorer, I think they're okay. If they can't add a goal scorer, they're going to be in fucking trouble again. Um, Thirty-eight this, draws probably won't keep you in the league. Yeah, this is this is a team like much like you. I think they're on the verge of going down, um, despite the new coach, despite what he wants to do with the team. Frankly, I think it's a team that maybe would benefit from going down. Yeah, they can reinvest into their farm system. They can, you know, let let their academy grow again because their academy has been stripped completely. Like you said, Liverpool's team yeah. is fucking Southampton. Yeah, half congratulations, of that Southampton. You won the champions. You won the Champions League. Good exactly. on you. It's yeah. like they they would actually benefit from going down. And I think kind so. of reorganizing themselves, yeah. In, I, in spite, in spite of what I think is the right manager for the right job, and I hope Southampton sees that as a long term, and I, I think he will be a good Premier League manager. I think he's he's he fits this league really well. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Um, <clears throat> and just to close it out uh, for for this section, real quick, because I'm out of notes. Yeah, uh, Red Bull. Red Bull. Time to tell you what little we know. It is speculation time. Sammy, what do you got for me? All right, so I got a couple of things. Apparently, United haven't actually made an improved offer for Wambasaka, as was reported last week. Uh, although Sky Sports says that they understand that United are going to this week. Well, because clearly the press knows what's going on, and not well, uh, you know they also the said, actual clubs. Uh, Sky Sports also said that they um, that Aaron Wambasaka actually wants to go to United. So I think they're just trying to get a fair price for him, blah, blah, blah. But right. what was reported last week for $50 million or $62 million or whatever it was um, apparently has not been tabled yet. Right. Um, they just had that initial. Million's the number. Yeah, I think they had. Palace is looking for. I think it was $35 million plus 15 in add-ons okay. uh, is what was tabled, um, right. and Palace rejected it. So. Okay, so the number's going to be somewhere around 50 to 60. Yeah, somewhere in that That's range. where the numbers are really going to And they to. want that money up front. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? Kind of for thing. yeah. Well, uh, Palace is um, actually doing improvements to their stadium, and on you know for for a club like that, that money is very important. That it's upfront. That it's not add-ons because that helps take care of the improvements you're doing to the stadium while still having money to spend on players right. as well. That it's that's actually exactly. for that club very important. A team like it's a huge amount the of money. Everton West Ham's of the world can go, hey, we'll take add on money if they do this, this and this. Right. And also the big clubs will do the same, like like what uh Barca did with Everton as we'll get into it. But the same thing, like add ons are okay. But for a club like Palace, it's like, no, fuck you, pay me. I need that, my money well, right yeah, now. That, I mean if those add-ons don't come, it's a, a could be a fairly large chunk of their budget, to be honest. No, oh, oh, absolutely. Um, Arsenal have had a 15 million pound bid for Celtics Kieran Tierney, uh, the left back I told you about a couple of weeks ago, yeah. uh, rejected. Mm-hmm. So apparently they're preparing a, a better bid. 25 is the number I've been reading. I would imagine it's around that. Uh, if it's going to be straight cash, I wouldn't mind seeing somebody like maybe Carl Yankinson go the opposite direction. Yeah. Um, and then keep it at 15. Uh, seeing as we only have forty to spend for the year, right? Yeah, well, and I, I think yeah, because that money could be gone between Fraser yeah. and uh, and uh, exactly tyranny, so like could be gone. Yeah, and I think um, say Kalazanac played very well. I don't know that we necessarily need a left back at the um, moment. We it, need cover. I've heard, I've, but, I've heard rumblings that um, 
Oh, God damn it. The, uh, the right back. The Brazilian. No. Spanish. No, Spanish. Hector sorry. Bellerin. Bellerin. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. For some reason, thought Brazilian. But yeah, that Bellerin is being uh, sought after by a few other oh, clubs. Yeah. In, he, uh, he, Barca's in been trying to get him for a couple of years. Uh, Danny Alves, <laughs> apparently, is reported that he wants out of PSG. Oh, no shit. And so they're going to be in the market for a right back. Mm. One that likes to get forward. So Hector Bellerin is very is good exactly at that as well. exactly that guy. Yeah, yeah. so I, yeah, I, mean, that they're... I mean, as long as he can be healthy and stay on the fucking field, right. he's, he's decent. So not necessarily that PSG's linked with him, but right. it's, it's a name that's out there. Well, and PSG has a blank fucking check. Right. Um, uh, so that was that. Uh, Everton signed uh, Andres Gomes. Uh, and uh, the biggest kept secret of the summer. Yeah, that was pretty great, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Look, you know, you know why it was so quiet because it was going to happen. It was just like <laughs> right. the the press doesn't like a signing that's going to happen. They like the signing that's the dartboard where they just go, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> Mo Salah to Bayern because they threw two darts at the wall. That's <laughs> exactly. what they love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's what they live for. One hundred percent. But I will just say, Everton. Just got a whole lot sexier as fuck, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, Christian Eriksen um, moved to uh, Real Madrid, fell through. So now he wants to either go to United or Juventus. Really? Yep. I. Uh, why? Don't know. To be honest with you, I'm not sure. I, uh, Spurs are on the up. I know. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I love everything about it. I mean, that's, sell that's just, just... Sell them. Huh? <laughs> it's really huh? It makes no sense at all. Correct. Uh, apparently, uh, Matthias de Ligt, uh, who we talked about uh, before, the Dutch uh, center back for Ajax, uh, the 19-year-old, uh, reportedly has agreed terms uh, with Juventus, and they are finalizing a transfer fee for right around 60 million euros, uh, maybe a little more than that. Um, and if that actually comes through. The old lady's shaping up to be a quality fucking team oh, next fuck year. Oh, yeah, they are. Uh, getting Aaron Ramsey on the free. Um, they've got a, f- a few players talking about Paul Pogba coming back in. Um, they could be dangerous. They won a Champions League. Yeah. They want to win a Champions they League. They could be bloody dangerous next and year. you know what? Good enough to do so because that league doesn't require a lot of you. Nope. You can. That's the beauty of the Italian. I mean, they were already miles ahead. Really, yeah, you can really focus on Europe exactly, and still walk away with the title, especially Juve. Exactly, they were already so far ahead. Just adding these players are going to be even further ahead, and can really focus on that Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, if that comes to pass, uh, Inter are thinking of a straight swap deal for Romelu Lukaku uh, and Mario Icardi uh, going the other direction to United. Doesn't it? Doesn't it kind of feel like there's been so much talk of Lukaku going to Inter that it's just not going to fucking happen now? Yeah, I think there's two. It yeah. feels like it's just going to fall apart. And I don't know that Icardi is the right player for United style. Right. Uh, to be honest, no. Um, Ander Herrera, who was released by United, I'm still not sure why either, um, is poised to join PSG, but Atletico Madrid are trying to sign him uh, and scupper that deal at the eleventh hour. Wasn't he a PSG guy before? Um, to Herrera. be honest with you, I don't know. I think he might have been. It's a good fit for him. It's, it's they need players in that position because apparently the again, other the again, other person, another league another league where you don't need to worry about the league. You'll win the league just fine, and you can focus on championship. The other Champions League, right? The other the other player uh, for PSG that's leaving and going to Juventus apparently is Adrian Rabiot, the French uh, international. Really, the box to box midfielder, and they're going to need. To reshape that midfield, Thomas Tuchel's not going to have a lot to work with in that midfield because apparently also Neymar wants to leave. <clears throat> um, 
Uh, so, which brings me to my next point. <laughs> Hashtag segue. Right. Uh, Barca's willing to pay $90 million plus Philip Coutinho to bring <laughs> Neymar back uh, to Barcelona. Really? Apparently. That's a report from, I believe it was the Daily Mail. Because the last time I checked, um, Suarez and Messi get along well, but Neymar was like oil. I mean, oil, it is Pride Month, right? Oil and... Messi. And Messi. Uh, oil, <laughs> complete oil and water. Like, yeah. Neymar did not work well, with the two of them at all. No, like, they, they did not like him one bit. On the player side, like, in, in terms of the football, they loved him. Personality-wise, there was a lot of back and forth and blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. Neymar always felt like he wanted to be this big superstar, and he was in Messi's shadow. And that's why he went to PSG, was to make his own legacy. Problem is, he's 25 years old. Or twenty six years old, or whatever it is, and Messi's thirty two. Make an analogy to the th- NBA. Kyrie Irving. Remember when he left the uh, the Cavaliers? The Cavaliers to go to Boston because he wanted his own team. You know who he's linked to now, right? The fucking Lakers to go play with LeBron again because he realized, oh, oh shit, yeah. I fucking win with this guy. Exactly. <laughs> and so two years after his world record one hundred ninety nine million pound or whatever it was two hundred twenty two million euro at the time, um, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Is now ready to go back to rejoin Messi, uh, or Messi? <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, there was a report leaked uh, that Pogba's teammates at Manchester United apparently think he should leave United for the good of the club, quote unquote. <laughs> good, you should. You're fucking awful. Yep. Um, go, go, take your fucking pants off, dance off, fucking ninety steps of penalties someplace else. Right, that was fun to see. He won't be taking the penalties. That's Cristiano Ronaldo if he ends up back at Juve. <laughs> That'd be fabulous. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rafa Benitez is out of contract uh, next week, uh, July 1st. Uh, his contract is over June 30th. So July 1st, he will be unemployed. Um, with nothing from the takeover or assurances made over the budget uh, on the cards at the moment, he uh, haven't heard anything. T- today, he was offered a... Uh Modest offer of six million, which there's a Chinese club offering them twelve million a year. Yep. Of which he said, "No, thank you, because I want there's no assurances yep. in this club, so I'm gonna walk away from this." And it looks like, for reals, reals, Rafa might not be there. And yep. as we were talking about last week with Alan, if Rafa ain't there, they fucked. There's a really good chance they could go down. I mean, unless yeah, unless Shake Khaled actually buys the club and they get Mourinho in, they'll who? finish in eleventh. Shake Khaled, Khaled. Well done. So, um, yeah, if if the if the takeover doesn't Remix happen, Red Bull. if it if it's still <laughs> if it's still Mike Ashley, that team's going down. Yeah. Could 1,000% very, could, they are going down. Could very well be the case. I mean, right now, the number one name they're linking with the club is David Moyes. Oh, good. The number two name they're uh, linking? Sparky. Oh, God. <laughs> Mark Hughes. <laughs> if you're a club and you're paying both Mark Hughes and Alan Pardew at the same time, kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. You deserve to go down. <laughs> horrendous. All right. Uh, and lastly, because we already covered uh, some of the Everton links with Lookman going away and Gomes coming in, um, Arsenal have decided to possibly offer, so I guess they didn't decide, they might offer... <laughs> Uh, Laurent Koscielny, um, uh, a two-year extension to his contract, 
uh, as he is out of contract, also on the 30th, uh, so he can finish his career with the club, which would be fine. He's a, a good leader, good person. He can't play every day, though, so we're going to need to find some cover. He's a good backup. Yeah, we're going to need to find some cover. Um, but, uh, but that, yeah, that was the, uh, the end of that. What, Mustafi can't, uh, carry the load? Elfer still stands, uh, Stan Kroenke. Um, I will pay for Mustafi's plane ticket wherever he needs to go. Uh, just please fucking sell that twat. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we are not too old for this shit uh, this week. You got to figure out something new for we're too old for this shit when we lose and we're not too old for this shit when we win. Like, you got to be a little more creative. Like, I purposely look at how I write out my rundown and make sure I don't say the same things too many times. It's called I've, a verbal crutch killer. I purposely don't look at your rundown. <laughs> I disagree. I think you're just fine, Sam Graham. And I think you should fucking hit mute. Um, so anyway, no, we won uh, four to two. Um, I hit the pipe twice. Uh, that was a running theme because it felt like the entire team hit, <laughs> hit the, the pipe, pipe twice, at least twice. Yeah. Uh, but no, we we probably had again thirty five forty shots on target, uh, and um, couldn't finish again. But uh, the game was never really in doubt, and um, you know we we, did, were... we played really well. The the other team wasn't wasn't really of any real quality. There was a couple of just stupid plays. Division two. Yeah, it was just kind of hacky, and but it's all right. We got there. Everything was fine. Uh, our uh, little shout out to our defender, Chris. Uh, your your plane mate in the back. He had himself a hell of a game. Yeah, Chris did play very yeah, well. Yeah, he was all over the place. A couple of runs. He put one off the pipe that was like a fucking dandy. That like looked brilliant. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. So did I get it, a card? Um, no, no. Um, you might have seen a blue, but not like a real card. Okay. Yeah, you did get a blue. You did get a blue did right at the blue. end of the game. Yeah, that's but, what I thought. But not a real card. Like yeah, a blue no. card, just go sit down for two minutes and it was think like, about it. It was like a sin bin. It right. was like, I had three minutes, I think it was like three minutes left in the game. I don't know that I made it back on the pitch. I don't think you did. Yeah. Um, it was that much, not in doubt. You know uh, I mean? So we finished in second place. We're playing in the semifinals next week. Against weekend. the team we lost to the first game of the season. Right, which uh, that team, Real Annapolis, we've only lost to um, twice ever. Ever. One of them was six weeks ago. <laughs> and the, uh, the other one was the time we played them before that. I can tell you this much, Sam. You know who has never lost to Real Annapolis? This fucking guy over <laughs> here. When I played for the team, we never lost to Real Annapolis. Uh, and also, interesting side note, um, with Real Annapolis, one Mr. Houston's first indoor shutout, Real Annapolis in the 4-0. I would say that had a lot to do with the defensive pairing of Sam and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, back then, it, that would have been the midfield pairing of oh, Sam yeah, and Chris. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was been, before we were old. It would have been uh, yeah. Craig and Trim in the back. <laughs> it was before yeah. we were old. Got but, it. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, that was, it was nice to see, you know what, the team, considering that we've been playing basically with one sub every week and we're an older team, yeah, it's very... Uh, I'm pretty happy with Second it. best defense in the league by one goal. Yeah, exactly. They've mm-hmm. only got 19 goals against in six games. With the other, uh, the top defense has 18. To be expected, the times we lost, we lost because we didn't have enough bodies there to play. And then we played the really, really shitty team that we should have beaten, which somehow that team came in fourth place. Great. Hopefully they'll take care of Juventus uh, in, in the top spot. And then uh, we'll just wax them in the final and be fine. Know. Do we really want to go up? Not really. Yeah, <laughs> Play one more year in the <laughs> shitty league. Yeah, I like that. Alrighty, so uh, like that. that about wraps it up. Uh, Sammy, parting words. Your uh, normal ten minute diatribe. It's not. It's. I'm. 
updating people on the international tournaments. Thank you very much. Cool. It's well, not I'm going to talk. I, I'm going to talk a little bit about this international tournament. I too, didn't so. fucking schedule three international tournaments at once. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <right>. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, Go get them. Uh, so the U.S. men won their opening two games, securing a spot in the second round of the Gold Cup. Um, very simply put, they, they did, the did job. exactly what they were supposed to do, which we were worried. They wouldn't do. Well, look at the so build-up. You good... had a one nil to Jamaica loss, yeah. and then you had the three nil to Venezuela. You know, they look like a dull sword trying to cut through it. You know, I steel block. I'd it say was the following: terrible. I like the speed of this team. Um, you know what? They're I'm I'm very concerned about the defense, but I'm not concerned with stacks uh, Zach Steffen in the net. Like he's no, a he played very well. Yeah, the a couple worried. of shots he took, he did very well with. I'm very worried about that defense, but. You know, Weston McKenney. Whoa. I'm not particularly Pure. fond of the right back Lima. No, no, just defense as a whole. I'm not um, fond of. Well, that's going to be Yedlin eventually. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But uh, And they're a different team. The, the Trinidad and Tobago game, yeah. they looked so much better with Christian Pulisic in, yeah. who did not play against Guyana. No, he did. Oh, he did play he against Guyana. He played the first half. He came oh, early. Okay. I, him, I would, him got and home Brad, late. Him and Bradley got um, um, pretty early subs in the second half. They were "Quote unquote scheduled subs." I got, I got, uh, I was home late from football on Tuesday, and I didn't see yeah. the first half, so I didn't know he played. Christian with a goal and two assists. Um, you know, Tyler Boyd who scored two goals against Guyana, the played, whitest name ever. By yeah, the way. exactly. <laughs> um, Paul Ariola on the other side, um, which is also a very funny name. Uh, okay, no, well then, then Ariola. Hey, hey, That's Sammy, his last name. who's down the middle? Definitely not a white name. Oh, Jossie's artist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't but, know where that's from. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think as a whole, there's a lot of speed, a lot of aggression. There's a lot of going yeah. to the net. And Weston McKinney played brilliantly as well. You know what? You know, it, that's what I said before. Thanks for listening to me. But um, <laughs> I was telling Mel about the Areola. <laughs> but, um, you know what? Go beat Panama 2 nothing, And then you're doing exactly, exactly what, what you're supposed to do. You yeah. know, win, win your quarterfinal game. Get to the semis. If you if you lose to Mexico in the semis or the finals, okay, as long as you play well. But you need to beat Costa Rica. You need to beat Panama. You need yeah. to beat Honduras. You need to win these games the other- and reestablish the fact that you are one of the top two teams in your in, in your bracket, and you are a force. You need to do that. And it seems like the team, the coaches, everyone's kind of – they're pinpoint focused on just improving yeah. each game, the, which is the, good. The other thing is it, it does obviously doesn't make up for it. Missing out on the World Cup was a terrible, terrible mm-hmm. blight on US soccer. Um but beating Panama six 0 I mean Trinidad six 0 Or Trinidad and Tobago, I'm sorry. Yeah. Who did I say? Jamaica? You know, you said Panama. You I are said Panama. All, no. You, you, what are you pulling to fucking me? Come no, on, I Keller. actually listened to you a second no, ago and on, I had Panama on the brain. The- <laughs> fucking focus. Come on. Let's go here. Come the, on. You woke my wife up. I did really good work to put her to sleep a few minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, clearly and- <laughs> your, your smooth, docile tones. Uh, <laughs> um, beating TNT uh, 6-0 was... I, it doesn't make up for it because missing the World Cup, like I said, was a terrible blight on U.S. soccer. Uh, but it did feel good, and it did show um, a little bit of maturity and a little bit of uh, character. I think, uh, in the U.S. squad that, that we've lacked, especially in the last qualifying campaign. Zero celebrating. Scored a goal. They were just like a little bit of hug. You know, I think 
few heart things, but that was about it. Yeah. Um, it's, they, were, you know, they were streamlined, focused on the business. You know? You, you know what? When you beat a team so bad that their goalie doesn't shake a hand, just literally turns around and walks to the tunnel and walks out. Uh, you, yeah, you, you sent your message. Yeah. You sent your message. And I, I don't know his name. Um, and this is the last thing about the gold cup that I have. Um, the Pan, uh, not Panamanian, the Bermudan <laughs> goalkeeper. Oh my God. That boy had himself a game. Fantastic. That save. Fantastic. Oh Against, my uh, God. was it Costa Rica they played? Yeah. That, that kid. free kick. That kid is fantastic. Fucking tastic. That sucker was going middle, curved wide. He delayed and waited on his dive, came across with his back hand, and flipped it over the post. It just, wow. It's awesome. What a and save. The, the, it was sad to see the stadium was nearly empty. Yeah. I mean, the, the stadium in Houston's in the middle of fucking nowhere, apparently. Yeah. Um, no, maybe it's Dallas. I don't know. It was what Dallas. The, it was Dallas. It was in Dallas. Okay. Yeah. So the, the Dallas stadium's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Um, like way outside the city kind of thing. Uh, but, his his performance was fantastic, and if he doesn't get snapped up by somebody, maybe in the championship, or you know, in maybe French League Two, uh, League Two, uh, or the or the Spanish uh, Segunda Division, I'd be very surprised. I mean, I, I think he's a quality fucking goalkeeper. Um, the reason why those stadiums are half empty: hundred dollar tickets, fucking Gold Cup, get it right, fucking make it affordable for fucking people to go. You cannot expect a bunch of. I mean. For us stupid white boys, yeah, sure, we'll spend a hundred bucks and go to a game. But like in the case of immigrants that are living here, you can't charge them a hundred fucking dollars for a ticket. It's got to be a twenty-five dollar upper deck ticket. That's what people can fucking afford. Like just insane that you're charging a hundred dollars a ticket for a for for a tournament you want people to come to. Right, that you host oh. every fucking time it happens. No, no, wait, Sammy. Soccer's popular, quote unquote, now. So, oh yeah, so we got to make our money. Let's, on it. let's, well, let's, I hope let's they learn. Everybody, I hope they learn their fucking uh, lesson. One would hope. So anyway, all right. Uh, the U.S. women are in the round of sixteen of the women's World Cup. They finished out the group play with a perfect record. Uh, we are again behind the curtain, recording on a Sunday, as we said at the beginning line of the show. Um, so we only have half of the results from the round of 16. Right. Uh, Germany, England, Norway on penalties, and France are all moving on to the quarterfinals after their wins uh, over the weekend. Uh, VAR played a massive fucking role uh, in this weekend. The Cameroonian women uh, against England at one point refusing to restart the game uh, because they were so fucking pissed off about VAR and the yeah. refereeing decisions. Now, uh, that is v- terribly unprofessional behavior. At the women- How- However... Mm-hmm. I do kind of agree with them. Yeah. The, um, not in the way they went about it, but I do agree that the some of the decisions were ridiculous. I think the Cameroonian goal should have stood. I don't think VAR had any real reason to disallow that goal. Right. Um, I think the English women did well to remain focused and not let uh, the antics of the Cameroonian women um, get to them. Uh, and they, they put in a very professional performance, as Phil Neville said in his post-match. Um and uh the fizza yeah fizza <laughs> old everton <laughs> captain yes he um uh i think he had it spot on with 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 some of what he said uh about the cameroonian uh you know kind of kind of behavior but i get it you know refereeing decisions go against us we lose our heads sometimes <laughs> it, it happens i you know i understand and you're under an immense amount of pressure it's the biggest stage in 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 women's football and uh, you know, it's it's regrettable that that VAR had to play such a big role. Um, two times, penalties got retaken because the goalie came off the line too soon. 
Yeah, and that happened and against both, Jamaica as well. Uh, Jamaican Brazil or whoever it in was. In both instances, they were shit penalties. Like bad misses. And you gave you reward that person with a second opportunity because the goalie, in the case of Nigeria, had like a inch of their heel off the line. And you recall a penalty to retake it. Like VAR has got to figure shit out real quick. Oh, yeah. Because if you're going to be this nitpicky, but then you're also going to have this attitude of it's either an A or B call, a.k.a. the Croatia-France debacle. Right. Like, this is going to hurt the game a lot more than it's going to help the game. Right. And it's kind of some bullshit. Now, the second thought was um, the USA women, they should win this World Cup. But if they're going to win it, they're going to fucking earn it because they are yep. going through a very tough line of people. France and then potentially. Prob- yeah. Well, no, France France did beat Brazil. Uh, I know. I know we're off. They on still have, well, no, they still have to play Spain on Monday. Right. In assuming the Assuming that they get through Spain. Right. Yeah. Assuming that they get through Spain, so, they'll but, meet um, fellow favorites, France. At, in, and it's in France. So guess what USA doesn't get for the first time? Home field advantage. They don't get a favorable crowd. Yep. They don't get a crowd that'll be okay with when they celebrate too much. They'll boo them. They'll yell at them. They won't like them. And based <laughs> on some of the French women today during the game against Brazil, they'll get somebody that'll put a fucking stud in them. Oh, yeah. One of the Brazil oh, yeah. ladies got their sock ripped uh, around their calf muscle because one of the French women, uh, Virgil van Dyke looking woman mm-hmm. uh, at the back, uh, Renard, maybe mm-hmm. just big woman, cool, calm, collected. It's got to be six two. <laughs> She's fantastic. <laughs> just, she was no, she was great. Put a, a, a big stud through one of the Brazilian women. If we call them right proper dicks in uh, for the men, a right proper cunt. Then yeah. just <laughs> fucking fuck goes up. right through and fucking kicks them. She, she a hard lady. You know, was, well, she was good. You know what good honor. Good I really, on her. I really liked her. Uh, also on Monday, you got Sweden and Canada. Um, and like I said, the U.S. could meet favorite France if they beat the Spanish. Uh, on Tuesday, you do have Italy versus China and the Netherlands versus Japan um, to round out uh, who's going to be playing in that, that quarterfinal. Seems like uh, Germany's got a pretty easy walk to the final. Um, and Germany's a good squad. Yeah, and, and USA's got a you know, potentially face France if they win against Spain yep. and then potentially face England, who also is playing really good ball yep. and, and then and face you, Germany. And you would they say got a tough walk. You would say the U S the French, the English and the Germans are probably the top four teams in the tournament. Absolutely. Period. Yeah. Spain is up and coming. Um, they're getting better. There's been a heavy investment, uh, from the Spanish FA into women's football. Um, the English have gotten a lot better uh, just year over year in general. There's always been a decent women's game in England for, you know, the foreseeable past. Um, for the post-seeable past. <laughs> Please, Is she continue. snoring? Yes. Jesus yes. Christ. Yes, that would be your wife snoring in the background. <laughs> um, We're such a good show. People <laughs> fucking fall asleep and snore. I told you she hates football. She doesn't yeah. give a shit. All right. If there was anyone that gives a shit less, they don't exist. 
I'm telling you. Um, so, yeah, they're going to have a very difficult walk to it, but they're a fucking good team, as we've seen. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, also, Argentina finally got a vital win against Qatar in the Copa America to keep their hopes of advancing alive because <laughs> um, they were about to fucking get knocked out of the Copa America oh, at the group stage. Fucking Argentina. Fucking shit Does show. Does not like international tournaments. At all. Um, but uh, at the same time, Brazil, Colombia, Chile, and Uruguay are all but assured of advancing. Uh, past the group stage, and we'll start diving into a little bit more Copa America as it gets to um, the I games d- that matter. As it gets frankly. to the games that matter, yeah. Because I, just, to be honest with you, don't know a ton about <laughs> South American football, minus the few players. Not few. There's a lot of them that play in in um, in Europe. Be remiss so. if I didn't say this. Haiti playing their asses off. I told you. I oh, always they? have to talk about Haiti. What well, that's what I love the, the <laughs> they're uh, they're two they're uh, two and zero Haiti. So, Shite. Yeah, they're off. they've already they've already advanced. Yes. Yeah, all right. On them. I'm sad Bermuda's going. Oh, alrighty. Uh, thank you so much again for joining us, boys and girls. Uh, for Sam Graham, I'm Sam Houston. Thanks again to everybody that's been uh, starting to follow us on uh, Twitter and the rest of the socials. And we really, the, yeah, yeah, we appreciate it. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, till next week, everybody. Please keep getting in touch. We'd love to see it. Carly, wake up. We gotta go. No wood. Because it's a Blanco. <coughs> uh, you can rest Blancos up to 30 days. Yeah. Let the men talk about what they know about that, okay? <laughs> you know, this will be the second misogynistic Easter egg in a row. How about that? How about that? We're getting woman-splained. <laughs> oh, Hashtag damn. me too. <laughs>